is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy Brian, joined by not just my co-host, Matthew Fisher, but he returns triumphantly, Adam C. Baby, <laughs> what it do, how he is. He's getting the welcome. Oh, man. It's good to have you back, buddy. Thanks, man. Good to have you back. Like we said been... before, he's not going to be gone all the time, just a majority. So these episodes yeah. will happen. Yes. And we're yeah. having, for all the episodes in the playoffs and offseason, for him to come on, I feel like this one especially is the most important to have him on. Because yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of things that don't have to deal with the playoffs going on right now. This is true. And that's no one better. No one better than Adam Creighton. It's crazy. Yeah. He's, bas- he's basically the news guy on the podcast. It's, it's kind of our, uh, <laughs> I'm the Elliot Friedman Tor- of the group. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's our from Toronto, basically. Uh, guy. Live so, via satellite. Yeah, li- live via satellite from the woodlands of Pennsylvania. Um, you can see the tree right over there. It's just all trees out there. I assume there's yeah, not actually crazy. an outdoors. It's just trees. It's actually just one tree. I'm fooling all of you. Can you guys hear the leaf blower outside? I cannot. Is that how good my microphone is? You can't hear that? Well, I'm turning you up. You're going to blow my eardrums out. Nope, I hear nothing. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. That thing is going on all cylinders right now, but That's I need awesome. this window opener. I'm going to die. So, um, Please don't. All righty. So let's get into some of that hockey. Like Matt alluded to, there's uh, actually a decent amount of news surrounding the NHL, not uh about the stanley cup playoffs right now which is in the conference finals which we will talk about obviously but we're going to go through that news first first off the calgary flames promoting their assistant gm craig conroy to full-time gm here is a statement uh from john bean and dan maloney um of their front office staff thank you to the flames ownership group for the confidence and trust they have demonstrated by providing me with this opportunity according to creighton as to John being Dan Maloney for the, huh? Did you say by Creighton? Oh yeah, why did I say Creighton? Sorry. Conroy. Conroy. I think I'm having a stroke. It's fine. Um, <laughs> How many fingers am I holding as, up? As to John Bean and Dan Melody for the very detailed process that has brought us to this moment. Over the course of the past 12 years, I put in time in every aspect of our hockey operations to prepare myself for today. I'm ready to accept this challenge and promise our fans that our team will do the work required to make them proud on the journey to deliver a championship. So that is from their now GM, Craig Conroy, who I didn't know he was a part of the organization for 12 years. Uh, I would definitely say that's someone putting in their time and, and you know, getting to reap the benefits from that for sure. Um, if you want to get a good uh, sort of videos, you know, in hockey fights, Craig Conroy was a huge, huge goon, and he could fucking chuck them, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't taken a look at the videos, but I definitely will. Um, last year, the Calgary Flames had a 38, 27, and 17 record for 93 points, which was not enough to get them into the playoffs there in the uh in the high point getting pacific division um it, it's it kind of felt like through points of the year they were either they were going to totally make it or they had no chance it was a very up and down year for calgary so i kind of understand the move that they made here and it, it feels like a lot of calgary fans and the organization are very happy with the move in um 
promoting uh, Conroy. So how do you guys feel about this move? Do you think that this in, do you think that the new move here is going to make an immediate impact on the flames? Or do you think this is something for the next two to three years? uh, He needs to see it before he can make the moves. Um, it's kind of immediate because I don't think they're a team that looked was looking to go through like a process rebuild. They're kind of looking to get back to the playoffs where they they think they belong, roster wise. Right. They think <clears throat> they belong. Um, maybe it's kind of like just a, a a fresh scene of just like, yeah, we just need a new guy in that position who's good, basically going to do the same thing as the old guy who's just a new face. So that's kind of where I see it as it's like they're not looking to like go a different direction in the process. They're looking to can still contend in the wild, wild west. So that's why I look at. It. Yeah, I mean, I they're definitely a team that it does not want to go on a rebuild right now. In the in the off season, they they brought in uh, Mackenzie Weger, Jonathan Huberto from Florida. They also brought in um, Nazem Kadri. Like they want to win. It's just a, the 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 you know it didn't fall into the right place this year adam do you think you know given his 12 years in the organization do you think he's pretty much been given the keys to make moves right away if he if he deems them necessary um if he doesn't he's gonna need those keys because from what i have understood kind of following along with this he's looking to bring a lot of youth into this lineup and if you're gonna bring youth in someone has to be moved out to make room for that um so it'll be interesting to see if there is any movement really out of there, I know you guys talked about Huberto and their core. I think the core stays the same, but you might see some odd and end pieces get shipped out, especially if they're on expiring deals. I'm trying to get the UFAs up to see what the hell's going on there. Um, Cause they are backed up against the cap for the most part. They've got 1.2 mil um, available as of, you know, the time we're recording this. And they've got the likes of Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic, Nick Nick Ritchie, um, and a couple other pieces that they have to re-sign if they want to. And then if they want to clear cap, obviously they're going to have to move some pieces out. So, I mean, I think if anyone has a good grasp of what the hell is going on in this organization, it's the guy that's been there for 12 years. So I think they're going to be pretty solid. Right. And I, I kind of I, I 100% agree with you there. I think, you know, this kind of move, obviously, they they trusted him to be the GM. That's why they made the hire. But also it, it works out. He's been with the organization in the hockey operations field with the organization for 12 years now. He understands the steps that the team take. He understands the organization that they're trying to build. Um, I, I don't see a, a reason why they wouldn't give him the keys right away because of the fact that they're in a little bit of cap hell and they got to start moving some pieces, signing their UFAs, trying to look uh, probably at goaltending in the offseason somewhere in well, that realm. Um, they have they have the wolf coming up in the wings. And I mean, that's true. All, all signs would lead you to think that it's probably his time. If I'm not mistaken, he was the goaltender of the year in the AHL. Like I yeah, he did some crazy numbers down there. But if you're going to bring him in, Ladar's got to go or Markstrom's got to go. And, and you don't uh, want to get rid of Markstrom, that's for sure. Yeah, it's so then you it leaves you, you know, are they cool with trading Ladar or are you cool with developing Dustin Wolf another season? Or do you go completely out of left field and trade Wolf to bring in a defensive or forward piece that you think you might need? Right. So, I think their bigger question 
is going to be who their coach is going to be. Sure. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of the real telling part. I mean, obviously the GM is going to have complete control of what the hell goes on with the team. Mm-hmm. You do hear sometimes that the coaches have their their guys and their picks and their their desires for what they want the team to be. And if rumors are true, one would think that their AHL coach, whose name escapes me at the moment, but he's been named coach of the year twice in the AHL. Um, so if you have that guy in in the wings waiting, you would think you're going to bring him up, um, coach this team, and then also continue to develop the youth that you had because he's been with the team for the last two seasons, leading them on a charge. Uh, Mitch Love would be the uh, Mitch Love. the coach of Sounds the like Calgary straight, Rangers. Straight male porn star's name. It does. Oh, okay. It does. That's 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 got that's got porn star written all over it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and hey, <laughs> things are we were going serious, serious, and now no, God no, God no, we, we can't we, <laughs> we can't say, we Boys, can't we stay serious it. for too long. We Mitch Love, the I quintessential male porn star name. Okay. Middle name Macon, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. This poor guy, right? Just an AHL coach trying to make it to the bigs, and this is how we speak about him. Oh, speaking. Right, this is completely off off the cuff. Oh, here we go. Find me as something with you know unfortunate names. Give it to me. I was shadowing for the audio job with the Rail Riders last night. Right. Uh, and they're playing the Worcester Red Sox. Worcester, hey, one, yeah. of, one of Worcester. Boston's minor league teams. Yes. The Woo Sox, as they've been referred to. Yeah, the Woo Sox. Yes, it's actually on one of the graphics that they have on the board. It's kind of funny, actually. Um, but they had a guy whose name was, uh, last name, Polka. Like so, Polka, like the music? Oh, so you're beating me to the punchline, because every time this man came up the bat, we blasted Polka music. Genius. True genius. And this this is what keeps minor league baseball alive. The folks like you. Troll jobs. It wasn't my job. Wasn't my idea, but I quickly got on board with it. Oh, you have to get on board with that. Especially especially when I think his second at bat, we we blasted the chicken dance. (laughs) (laughs) And then his next at bat, we did it again. But there was a mound visit. So we just played the chicken's dance song all the way through a minute. That bad boy cycle. (laughs) All the and then I song and then I think he hit a double and or home run after. Damn it, damn it, Adam. I remember when the Flyers would play the chicken dance song. It's after every bad call, and freaking at the end of the song, the whole damn crowd yell, "Hey, rap, you suck!" It was great. Yeah, that happens a lot. Oh ah, goddamn crowd! That's good stuff. Um, all right. Well, yeah, yeah. It looks like looks like there's a bunch of stuff happening in Calgary. Obviously, the GM move had to happen before the head coach move. So interested to see how soon that happens, or if that happens in the uh, true off season after the Cup final is decided. To keep moving forward, staying in Canada, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We all thought that Kyle Dubas was gonna. Come back as the uh, GM there in Leafland, but we talked uh, about last epi. We talked about last episode, but Brandon Shanahan had other ideas. Uh, at all signs, pretty much pointed to Kyle Dubas coming back as the GM, but um, apparently something happened. And here's uh, the statement released by 
Kyle Dubas. Uh, I bear with me. It is a bit of a long one, but here we go. From Kyle Dubas. While I understand there is interest surrounding the circumstances of my departure, I will not get into specifics of what I consider to be reasonable and consistent but private discussions. In the days that I felt I needed to assess and evaluate my own view to the future, both with respect to the necessary direction of the club and ensuring that I had the full support of my family for what I knew would be required in the offseason and years to follow, the organization, as is their right to do, decided to go in a different direction. In the nine seasons since being afforded the opportunity to work in the National Hockey League for the Toronto Maple Leafs, we have had the chance to learn a lot and have grown significantly through the ups and downs. We have watched our family double in size, which developed meaningful relationships that will last a lifetime. It was an honor to be able to work in such an inspiring place with dedicated, loyal people and an extremely passionate fan base. The impact of that and the relationships with all of the people at MLSE, from the board of the directors through to the ushers at the Scotiabank Center, with forever hold uh, will forever hold a dear place in our hearts. To the players, coaches, and staff at the fa- at the facility every day, past and present, thank you for your passion and commitment at every step of the journey together. It was a tremendous pleasure to work alongside each of you. We will roll from here, the Dubas family. Um, now, the thing that is going to be very apparent, obviously, in that statement, and the thing that's been made apparent um, pretty heavily from what I've been hearing about the discussion here is Cal Dubas was very passionate about making sure that he had the support of his family and that he cleared it with everybody in his family that he would go ahead and do this again. And uh, uh, probably going to assume, and I think it's been kind of confirmed for lack of better better terminology, is because Leafs Nation is a bit psychotic. Apparently there was, you know, tweets, et cetera, et cetera, like attacking Kyle Dubas's family, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, like having that kind of stuff happen to your wife and your kids, you're probably going to want to ask him, hey, do you want me to continue this job or is this just a bit too much for you? Which I totally understand. Um, but from all accounts, it seems Brendan Shanahan and um, the larger majority owners of the team were uncomfortable with uh, him being like, hey, no, I have to like think this over. They thought the season was going to end and was, the process was going to be very quick and they would keep moving forward. Uh, but Kyle Dubas seemed to kind of put a pause on that and it made Kyle Shanahan and the uh, majority and minority owners of the team uncomfortable. So they decided to move forward. What do you guys think? Do you think that the, that Brandon Shanahan and and all those guys should have at least given Kyle Dubas the respect of giving him a little bit more time to decide what he wanted to do? I mean, he he was nine seasons as GM kind of shaped this team into what they are now from nine years ago when they were one of the worst teams in the league you would think he would have been given a bit more time to decide what he wants to do, no? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a, a kind of like a, yeah, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Thank you, but don't let the door hit you on the way out type vibe. Um, I don't think Dubis is all too upset about it. I mean, you know, being in a freaking hockey market like Toronto, it's definitely a stressful job. I mean, you would see it on the post in the postseason run they had that, you know, when things weren't going right, he was he wasn't afraid to show his emotions. Um maybe he just wants somebody maybe Brendan Shanahan just wants somebody a little older in the job. I mean, maybe, but you know, 
for what it's worth, Kyle Dubas has put in the years in that position. It's not like he's, you know, obviously he's not like aged and like refined as a GM, but nine years as the GM and shaping the team into what they are now. Like, yeah, you just won your first um, first round in a, over a decade. 19 years. And you didn't win the second round, which, you know, happens to many good hockey teams. But you got over that first hurdle. I'm surprised that Kyle Dubas wasn't given more respect by the organization. What do you think, Adam? So, as the, uh, the, the, the not wanting to be, but am the Elliot Friedman of this podcast, I've been following this as best as I can. And there's a few pieces I feel like you guys may or may not be missing. Um, it sounded like throughout most of this process, based on the Shanahan presser that came out uh, the Friday that Dubis was let go, that pretty much all throughout it, Dubis reiterated, at least on two separate occasions even, that he wanted to stay with the Maple Leafs. It was only, I think, the 72 hours before his eventual firing that it seemed like Shanahan's mind started to shift away from that and going in a different direction. And from all accounts, it seems from what I can gather, um, there was, there was a deal in place at some point the week of the firing. I don't know the exact parameters of the deal. I don't know money figures, whatever have you. Um, But a deal was presented to Dubas and his agent. Um, I guess throughout that time period, the agent and Dubas talked. Come Wednesday, Thursday, if I remember correctly, I'm kind of like perusing the the the, the presser from Shanahan. Um, but at some point in that time period, Dubas and the agent presented Shanahan with a new framework of a deal, and it's sounding like Dubas wanted control of the hockey side of the Leafs and to leave Shanahan the business side of the Leafs. So Dubas basically, the way everything was structured prior um, was Dubas would report to Shanahan, Shanahan would report to MLSE, MLSE would render a decision, it would go to Shanahan, it would go back to Dubas, and they'd have to run that chain of command every time Dubas wanted to make a decision. This new deal would cut Shanahan out of that, and Dubas could just go right to the ownership and be like, hey, Ryan O'Reilly went back to the Blues, but I can make another deal. Do I have the okay to make this deal? Okay, I'm going to go make this deal now. Instead right. of running it through Shanahan, Shanahan has to approve it and then run it up the chain. And speculation is that Shanahan didn't like that. He kind well, of wants to keep his hands on it. Um, you know, understandably so. I'm not going to knock the guy for it. Um, but some speculation I've heard kind of leans towards that could be where the mind shift started to happen. And Shanahan might have seen the writing on the wall with that and said, you know what? I'll cut my losses. I'll get somebody else that can do the job. Sorry, Dubas. I'll see you later. Right. Um, how true for all that is, who knows? None of this has actually been spelled out. It's more speculative. Speculative. Um, so it's kind of hard to say that that's the general feel from Leaf fans that I've listened to and guys like Elliot Friedman and the like, um, that kind of seems to be where the mindset is. Um, there was probably a family factor 
that mm-hmm. was, you know, involved. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it is really Shanahan's kind of decision to make. But it's going right. to be a decision that could cost him next season because if this new guy you bring in doesn't work out, you're the guy that got rid of Dubis, who was ready, willing, and able well, not able, I should say, but ready and willing to completely restructure the Leafs core to try and take another crack at the playoffs, which, yeah. funny note that I said that, I believe it was Elliot Friedman heard somewhere from his many contacts, which I wish I had. Uh, one day I'll get there. <clears throat> but um, You're on your way, buddy. I believe in you. Allegedly... Shanahan reached out to the core four of the Leafs, so Matthews, Marner, and Delander, Tavares, and the sense from all four players is that they're coming back next season. None of those four are getting moved, which completely kind of goes against what most Leaf fans a want and are kind of expecting at this point. Right, it's it's a proven thing at this point with four years of. Kyle Dubas as the actual GM running the team the way he wanted to for the most part. Only one time did it almost get it done, and it really didn't because you got swept almost by the, the Florida Panthers. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I Look, I, I kind of understand where, you know, Brandon Shanahan would be like, I don't like that you're trying to almost shift me out of focus here when it comes to making hockey decisions, but when it comes to the player side, um, I expected them to move on from at least John Tavares. Um, He's got a no move, so it makes that kind of hard. Yeah, that's true. But, I, you know, Willie Nylander, I could have seen getting moved for sure. Um, I'm just not quite sure where this team is truly lacking. They have the talent, obviously. Um, it, when, it, when it came to the Panthers series, it was just like they couldn't keep up. I don't like... It seems to me what has happened, what happened this year has happened the last two years where the core four just kind of, or I should, I shouldn't even say the core four. Austin Matthews tends to disappear a little bit in the playoffs, especially as like tough series get deep. He just kind of becomes a non-factor and it happens to Mitch Marner. William Nylander has pretty much been their, their main offensive Local point in the playoffs from what I've seen, and John Tavares is just the captain. He just kind of does what he needs to do. He's the, he's the veteran presence on this team. It's Matthews and Marner that seem to kind of, for whatever reason, lose the magic in the playoffs when things get tough. Yeah, what is it you always say, Matt? Your star players you have to be yep, your star players. Yep, and they just True. they just aren't time in and time um, out. But it's funny you mentioned. Nylander getting traded because I completely agree with you. I think of the core four, it's not so much that he's easier to move, but he's easier to move like right easily. What I'm hearing a lot, I mean, obviously, you're not going to trade Matthews. I mean, mm-hmm. they have, I think he's on the he's coming into a contract year, July 1st. He gets a full no trade or full no move, one of the two. He can't get traded after July 1st, to put it simply. And if you're the least, you don't want to do that. Right. So then leaves Mitch Marner, who also has a no-move kicking in on July 1st. 
And he is the one that it seems like I'm hearing the most trade move this guy trade talks, which boggles my mind because I feel like he's of of Marner and Nylander, I feel like Marner's the better player to keep. Nylander's mm-hmm. a good player, don't get me wrong, but I would rather have Marner over Nylander, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. 100%. But that that's just kind of what I'm hearing. I feel like no matter what, the Leafs will be hard-pressed to win a trade with either of the four, really. Like, if you trade Matthews, you're going to lose. Trade Marner, you're probably going to lose unless you pull off a crazy Matthew Kachuk, Jonathan Huberdeau-esque deal, which I don't know who's going to be able to pull that deal off. You're likely to lose a Nylander trade, and you could maybe win a Tavares trade, but Tavares has to be willing to get traded, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. So the Leafs are kind of handcuffed at this point, and I, it's going to be a crazy summer, boys. Yeah, especially coming out of coming out of Toronto land, that's going to be it's going to be kind of interesting to see a where they move as far as GM is concerned, as far like in the hiring process, but also what happens to the players once that new GM gets their hands on the team, because obviously they're going to have to start doing something in this offseason. They really can't wait all that much. They kind of have to do something. So be interesting to see what happens there in Toronto. Uh, Another city where things are looking very interesting in the offseason would be Arizona. Uh, as we all know, they currently play uh, at Arizona State University. They do not have a stadium. They are a floundering organization. And the voters of Tempe, Arizona, pretty much agreed uh, when they rejected the new arena uh, that the team was trying to build. Um, so here's a statement from uh, the New York Post, Larry Brooks. Uh, quote, the future of the Coyotes franchise is in the same flux it has been since the team moved to Glendale, Arizona in 2003. Remaining the constant drain on hockey-related revenues is uh, it has been with the commissioner's unwavering and zealous support for two decades. This is Gary's folly, and no, the league will not leap to relocate the franchise when doing so might eliminate a potential expansion destination that could produce an entry fee of between $750 million and $1 billion that would be shared exclusively among the owners. Um, yeah, uh, it is not looking good uh, for the Arizona Coyotes organization right now. They are playing at Mullet Arena this coming season. Um, but this is this is kind of taken on more of a story of at least in my mind, like I know that the Arizona Coyotes are a dumpster fire. Like that's already an established thing. Like if they're not a team in the next three to five years, I'm not going to be surprised. Um, but here's here's an interesting situation. And it happened because uh, um, it happened because there was a there was a tweet that uh, went out. From a one Clayton Keller's dad, um, <laughs> which um, so here's what happened. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes Twitter tweeted out uh, a um, a statement from the Arizona uh, Board of Voters that said, "quote We are very disappointed. Tempe voters did not approve propositions 301, 302, and 303." As Tempe Mayor Corey Wood said, "It was the best sports deal in Arizona history." The Coyotes wish to thank everyone who supported our efforts and voted yes. Here's what Clayton Keller's dad apparently tweeted. Um, Keller will not be there at the beginning of the season and expect others to follow or not sign. Team will be moved. There are no other options, and Phoenix will regret losing a professional sports team. City just got diluted with a perception, uh, 
from a perception standpoint, privately financed too. Now, uh, he, he is claiming, uh, Clayton Keller's dad, that uh, he was hacked on Twitter. Now, was this just him getting fed up with his son being on a team that's never going to do anything? Maybe. Was he actually hacked? Possibly. I, dads, I prefer... How many dads are actually on Twitter, man? Like That's true. That's true. And where do we get this kind of content, you know? But Arizona. I would prefer to think of the story as Clayton Keller's dad had one too many drinks that night and just <laughs> saw the news and went, I've fucking had enough of this and fired off a tweet. I too have fired off many a tweet in my inebriated state about being upset about one sports thing or another. I understand it, Mr. Keller. I get it. Now, if you would like to clear your name or talk some more show on the Arizona Coyotes, feel free to reach out to us on our social media platforms <laughs> at OTPP pod on both Twitter and Instagram. We would love to have you on the podcast to discuss oh, yes. the decision-making process on this one. Um, but he's also right in a lot of sense. I mean, oh, yeah. Lo- Logan Cooley announced that he's going to play another year at Minnesota. Like, there's going to be people that aren't going to want to play there. And if Clayton Keller, you know, you know, crosses his arms and stomps his feet and says, get me the F out of here. Um, a lot of teams that would pay a, pay, pay a pretty penny for him. Right. And also that 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 article brought up a very valid point that they're going to be hard pressed at relocating that team when they're already looking at, you know, expanding again and bringing in that fat one billion dollars to do an expansion entry fee. Um, you know, a lot of people are pointing at Salt Lake City, Utah, apparently is is somewhere where they're very interested in either expanding or relocating the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know if relocating a team from Arizona to Utah is really going to bump the league much, but hey. Patrick Mahomes tweeted out, uh, bring the Arizona Coyotes to Kansas City. Hey, bring back the Kansas City uh, Coyotes. Bring back the Kansas City. uh, Were they the Chiefs? No, the Scouts. Bring back the Scouts. Yeah, the Scouts. Bring back those Kansas City Scouts. It's possible, right? But it's, yeah. Like, this is just a real real big smudge mark on the league that they can't figure this shit out. It's almost like, it's almost like a true like wake up call. It's like we all, everyone was saying like, this is going to happen. Like they're not going to vote for a new stadium. Like they're just not. And for some reason it has to be Batman. It's just like, don't worry. There's, there's life in the coyotes. Like there's life down there. Like there's something to be whole. Batman's the only one that sees it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, no one else sees it. I don't even know if he unless, sees it anymore. Shane Doan is like, I think Shane Doan's the other person that sees it, but he's also yeah, like, delusional in itself. Yeah, you know, there's like the biggest supporters of the Arizona Coyotes are Gary Bettman, Shane Doan, and Paul Bizonette. Those are the biggest supporters of the Arizona Coyotes, and I I think that just might be the end of the list. To be frank, um. It, Adam, what do you think? Does this just have, like, this makes the league look so bad they can't figure this shit out? It's definitely not a good look. Um, I will say to play devil's advocate, I don't think Gary Bettman is seeing the vision anymore for the Arizona Coyotes, or at least it's starting to, the vision is starting to fade, I could say. Because when the news broke that the vote had failed, the NHL put out a comment um, that kind of left things up in the air. I don't remember the exact 
verbiage of the statement they put out, but I do know they were very open to whatever options were on the table, which there are a few. Um, the easiest and simpler one, or I shouldn't say the easiest and simple one, but the one that kind of makes the most sense to me is to talk to the Phoenix Suns and see if they could get a deal in place to get the, the Coyotes into their arena. Um, from the sounds of it, that's a whole thing. But I believe the arena would have to be fitted to accept uh, a hockey rink because I don't believe it's currently able to do so. Um, so that would cost time and money, of course. Um, relocation is obviously on the table, like you guys said. It's it's a mess, and the Coyotes keep digging themselves in the hole because did you boys see the uh, the epic troll job that they did or the meme that they dropped? No, there was a meme. So I love a good meme. They did the classic um, Twitter thing of if this tweet gets, I think it was 250,000 retweets or likes, we'll tell you our plans um, moving forward in regards to the new arena. So, of course, you know, fans retweet and like and they do their thing and they post a website. You visit the website. There's a video. That, that you can click to play. And it's a Did picture. you get Rick Rolled? My boy, they posted a 10-hour Rick Roll loop. <laughs> <laughs> they got Rick Roll! The Arizona Cowboys <laughs> posted a 10-hour Rick Roll loop that you Look, can if, find if out I, if, if by some play. If by some act of God, you know, you're still on that staff as the social media person and you still have a job for the Arizona Coyotes. You have to, right? You know you're getting fired in the next two years. You're not going to have a job anymore. So no, you just let no it rip just on the low. beat, you know? <laughs> just let you it know rip. the rules. And so, so do I. God, oh. yes. I mean, I mean no, it's here's, it's here's a mess. Thing, right? The, the, thing, the thing for them is... You want to say just like be a better hockey team, you know they have young talent, but it's just never going to be good enough to. to it's get kind of funny of that they did that because it's. I'm sorry, cut you off, but it's no, kind of funny. funny they did that because like the chorus of that song is never gonna give, never gonna give, give, give. <laughs> it's like a message to Gary. It's, it's true. It's like you're never gonna give us up. It's true. Gary's never gonna let them fail, and I don't understand it myself, but. Definitely something to keep track of in the offseason there. That's for I, sure. I I really think that if the Coyotes can't get something in place, they're gone. And that seems to be the general consensus from the fans. They kind of see the writing on the wall. They they don't see a way kind of out of this where the Coyotes stick around. Um, I think they were looking at Mesa. Mesa? Yeah, yeah. They, I think they arena. were. Yeah, but if Tempe isn't going to vote yes to convert a landfill into an arena, I don't think anyone in Arizona is going to vote yes to turn anything into an arena. Yeah, I'm, and I believe the Mesa is just land. I don't think anything's currently on it. So, you know, they might get lucky there because someone's just trying to sell basic land and not, you know, uh, assuming that something. there's not. I don't because aren't there tribes? Out that way or no? There are. There are a lot. Yeah, so you would have to get the okay from them, which, I, I mean, rightfully, I, I don't think they should be allowing that to happen. 
Well, oh. and you know, the, the the thing is, is if if everybody can make money, everybody will be happy. So that's going to probably have to be the package that they decide to go forward know. with is something might. that might. They, and it, I have a bad feeling either they're going to fold as a team, which I think would be the best case scenario, or there's going to be some sort of weird contract that gets signed that affects the entire rest of the league. And everybody's going to have to start paying, basically paying the Arizona Coyotes rent. And I just, I don't know why I think that's something that could happen, but just because of Gary Bettman's obsession with the Arizona Coyotes, I can really see there being a situation where there's every, every other NHL team has to like basically pay their rent to keep them around. Which is, I, see, I don't think teams would agree to that is the problem there. I don't think they would either, but I could just see some sort of weird happening where that, where that uh, yeah. being a thing. My, my thought process is they're either going to end up in Phoenix or they're going to end up in Houston, Salt Lake city, or some other NHL ready city. Um, th- those are the only things that kind of make sense to me at this point. Cause there's nothing they can do. They, right. they handcuff themselves. They put all their eggs into this arena plan, which I'm remembering all this now talking about it. Uh-huh. it it's crazy. They had to go door to door to, to um, campaign. Yeah. The, they, they opted instead of doing what everyone, you know, is supposed to do during a campaign and just kind of like, Put signs out, commercials, billboards, etc. They said, "No, baby, we have so much, we have so much faith in this. We're gonna just go door to door and promote the Arizona Coyotes." And I believe the new head of the um, Players Association, whose name I cannot remember to save my life, but he is a former politician, so he's he's done his fair share of campaigning. He heard this plan, and he said. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! That's the dumbest not, thing I I may not, have ever heard. Not you know literally what he said, but that was the gist of what I can remember. The comment being was, "Oh, that's like, um, they got to do more." So <laughs> that, that shows you where that's at, and who knows too how much longer the players' association is going to take up or take um, you know, a, a kind of outsider approach to the Coyotes. Because the longer the Coyotes aren't making money, the longer players aren't making money because salary caps are frozen. It's true. Whole, the whole thing with escrow and salary cap and all that is team income. And if one of the 32 teams isn't making enough money to kind of circumvent all this, the cap can't go on. Yeah, no, it's fair. And that that would directly affect all the rest of the teams in the league, that's for sure. So, so um, it's going to be, like you said, Bing, it's going to be a wild summer it's for everybody. Nuts. Oh, boy. Ryan Reynolds saved them. I'm just so happy they got Rick rolled. That's so, yeah. Well, I couldn't getting, believe it. Well, they, I, they rolled did the Rick so... rolling. They were not Rick rolled themselves. They were yes. Rick rolling people. The fans were Rick rolled. And you they know, were happy about it. You know, that was a fabulous segue, by the way, Adam, because we are going to touch back uh, back to base camp here in Ottawa for the Senators' oh. ownership carousel. Apparently, we are down to the final three uh, out Ooh. there in Arizona. So let's take a look at what that final three might be. Unfortunately, Ryan Reynolds is out. 
He could not find the quote sugar mommy or sugar daddy he was looking for. Um, well, and, I, I, that's not exactly what happened, but I okay. What he backed out because his group didn't get an exclusive bidding window. Oh, that's stupid. Which I think it's it was that and probably also the the sugar mommy sugar sugar daddy thing, considering yeah. how high the, these bids seem to be going. Yeah, I mean we're 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 up there on this bid. I'm gonna be really interested to see what the final bid is. Um, but it looks like one of the investor groups is uh, a couple of people from the TV show Dragons Den. Um, the hell? I don't know what that is. I think oh. it's, I think it's a knockoff of Shark Tank. I think it's Frank. I think it's the original Shark Tank. I oh, think okay. Dragon's Den is the UK version of Shark Tank, and the US stole it. But you know, the US they don't have dragons. We've got sharks though. And Shark Tank. That's fair. That's sharks fair. Cool. Um, also, I know we, that's why I'm a fan of San Jose. We have um, some uh, some other stardom packed in here, as also Snoop Dogg. Seems to be in uh, as well as um, entrepreneur and filmmaker Nico Sparks has th- has thrown his name in the hat. I think he... they're in the same group. I believe. Yeah, they yeah they are. I I do believe so. Um, there is a Toronto billionaire by the name of Steve Ap- Aposta- Ap- oh. Apostolopoulos. Yes, Apostolopoulos. Apostolopoulos. Um, don't ask me why I know that. He's thrown his name into the ring there. And uh, last but not least, and I do believe he is associated with... Um, Snoop D-O-double-G? Uh, I, I think it... No. Uh, Harlow Entertainment. Uh, 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 Harlow Capital. Is uh, Abel Tesfaye, who you might know as the recording artist The Weeknd, who uh, is Canadian. For, for what it's worth there. But um, definitely a, a cast of characters here for uh, for the Ottawa Senators uh, bidding here, which is kind of wild. But, um, hey, somebody's going to own the Ottawa Senators. It might be a celebrity. It might not. I'm interested to see what that final bill is going to be. A lot of people are putting a B in front of yeah. the billion at the end of that number, which is ridiculous to say the least but uh yeah i'm interested to see what the final number is a little bit more than i'm interested to see who the the people are uh that's for sure um but here we are we are in the final segment of the episode obviously it is time to talk about the playoffs we have the eastern conference finals we have the western conference finals um gentlemen is it just me or have the playoffs been a little underwhelming? I think I mean, the conference final. Sorry, the conference final, not the playoffs. The conference finals. Have they been a smidgen underwhelming? I think it's great. Uh, I, I've yeah. enjoyed the. I've enjoyed these conference finals greatly. How do you hate four been, overtimes? Yeah, four. Yeah. I've yeah. been. I've been very much into the Florida Carolina series. I think. Yeah, that's, that's a great series. Great series. I don't know what the, the Golden Knight Stars just has yet to really tickle my fancy. No, I don't blame you. I, I, I say the same way. I was like, it's not, it doesn't feel like a true playoff series. Um, mm. But then again, I actually was wrong because I thought Dallas was going to win the series. And uh, they are down 3 nothing as we speak. And it doesn't look like they're going to come back even a little bit. Especially uh, yeah. their 
captain to a two-game sussy for cross-checking yeah, Mark Stone yeah. in the face. No, yeah, no, no, was... no, fish. It wasn't for a cross-check. It was because because he fell and he used his stick as a point of of contact when he, he fell. Cross- yeah, he cross-checked in the face. Yeah, that that was that was Ben's comment. That was, that was Ben's argument. Um, I, I yeah, wish one, I didn't that fall one was, and uh, use my stick. That one was wild to me because it's like, hey, I'm the captain of this team. I'm supposed to take leadership charge. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what the team needs really badly right now is a super dumb penalty that's going to get me suspended. That's what the team needs in this very moment. <laughs> and a five-minute misconduct that got us a goal against. And, uh, and, and you know, since we're already talking about the series, we'll start in the Western Conference. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, Dallas Stars. Vegas currently leading the series three games to none. Dallas cannot seem to get some traction in this series. Uh, obviously, the first two games aside in overtime, those were those were pretty exciting games. Those are very close. But it just has seemed as the series has progressed that the Golden Knights are better poised to win this series and go to the Stanley Cup final. They look like they're more ready to make that leap to the Stanley Cup final. And I, you know, there are a lot of good veterans on the stars, you know, obviously, you know, Tyler Sagan, Jamie, Ben, I, I guess not, not anymore. He's suspended for two games, but, um, Joe Pavelski. they have good veterans. Yeah, yeah. Joe Pavelski. They have good veterans on that team and they have young talent, which is a great mixture usually when it comes to the Stanley cup playoffs. And it has proven to be helpful for the team so far. Do you think the stars have just ran out of gas? I just think they've lost their cool. I mean, they've, not been a disciplined team, mm-hmm. even a little bit. Um, they are running. They aren't able to do what they want to do because Vegas is such a stingy defensive team. It's hard to move the puck on them, and um, it's just frustration boiling over, and it boiled over from the fans, especially last game when they were. Not too happy when they were littering the ice debris. Yeah. So uh not a good scene. Um yeah, I just think they just they lost their cool. It's like you gotta not lose focus on what's at hand, even when you go down and they just they've lost focus. Like Max Domi got five thousand dollar max fine for a slash on Mark Stone. Like they took Five penalties, six penalties last game. You know, they're just not keeping their cool. And they're putting a, a great power play on. And they're just giving them chance after chance after chance. Right. Like, and, they're, and they're, you know, you have to go into this series when you're playing a guy like Mark Stone, knowing full well he's probably going to get under your, st- under your skin. It's kind of what Mark Stone does in a way. You can't let that keep getting to you because Mark Stone is also a prolific uh, playmaker and you're also giving him and a very good power play unit an opportunity to go score almost three to four times a night just on on uh, record pretty much every single time so yeah is it, they're getting not only are they getting outplayed but they're getting outplayed mentally which is huge in the conference finals uh adam what do you think about the stars here like what what has them in this 3-0 hole other than obviously their their uh penalty issues I'd like to say it's because Vegas is just kind of like the better, younger team, but I don't know if on paper that's necessarily true. When you consider they're on their fourth string goaltender, I think, or is it third string? Or I guess um, they're on the fourth string. Yeah. Is it for Because I know it's Logan Thompson, Laurent Grossois, 
Aiden Hill, Jonathan Quick, but I feel like there is somebody else I'm missing in the, in that group. But either way, they're, they're on their, their third, fourth goaltender at this stage, and Vegas does what Vegas seems to be able to do when they have a goaltending crisis is just hammer things home. Um, it's great to see Jack Eichel having his kind of coming out party here in the playoffs. Yeah. But that's all culminating in the Dallas Stars just getting outplayed. And then, like you said, the frustration starting to boil over. Um, I don't think any of this really falls on Jake Ottinger. Like, he's been shaky the last game or two, but I don't think any of this really falls on him. I just think Vegas has found a way to to beat him. Yeah. They've, they've cracked the, the otter code, if you will, um, and, and they're just flying. So I would I would really venture to say Otter is one of the reasons that those first two games went to overtime in the first place. I would agree. You know, it, it's just it, the team itself seems to be crumbling from the inside almost. And they have like you said, you could just say that the Golden Knights have the better youth talent, but you I don't really deem that to be true. It just it seems like they have a younger core who is more mature as far as playoffs are concerned, you know, like. Yeah, the, I guess. I don't know. It just it feels like the Golden Knights are just having their way with the Stars at this point. It's you know they're they obviously the Stars are putting up fights. They did go to OT twice, but you know in that game three with the Golden Knights winning four nothing, putting a shutout on on the Stars, it it is not a good look for the Dallas Stars right now. Um, no. Do you guys think there is any sort of way that the Dallas Stars battle back into this one? Maybe get to a game six or seven hell no yeah hell no 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 <laughs> i i would be inclined to agree with you matt what about you adam do you think there's any chance hockey's weird enough that i think there's a chance but i think it's only a game five or six i don't think that they pull off a reverse sweep um all it's going to really take is jay gottinger getting hot again and i i think that opens that possibility, but I think Jason Robertson's still on a cold streak. He hasn't, I don't think, if he hasn't potted a goal yet, um, that, that that's, you know, one of their problems. Joe Pavelski has been kind of like the, the, the big veteran presence, I feel like, since coming back from his concussion and scoring four goals in one game. Yeah. Like a bad man at 36, what the hell are you doing, Joe? And why aren't you doing it in Teal? I am very oh. sad. It's okay, buddy. It's going to be all right. It's going to be even worse when I was like, oh, man, I want to see you win the cup over Burns right now, and now here we are, 3 nothing. Yeah. Dude, both of them are in a 3 nothing. Both of them. Jesus. Both of them. Um, <laughs> I, another fantastic segue by Adam here. You're um, welcome. The Eastern Conference Final between the Florida Panthers one. and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, another fi- uh, conference final that finds itself in a three nothing series is the Florida Panthers have clawed and scratched literally um, their way into a three nothing series lead. Game one, three two win from the Panthers in overtime. Quadruple overtime. Quadruple overtime. Game two. Game two. Panthers two one win in overtime. Game three. This one not in overtime, but one nothing Panthers win. What for? Just for, we'll just zoom out right now. Biggest takeaway from how the Panthers have been able to pull this off so far for me, 
It's the play of Sergey Bobrovsky. It's that easy. One hundred percent. It's it's that it's that easy. It really all comes down to like how did they get on this run? Like you go back to the first round of the series in Game Five, they're down down three one in the series. They tie game, fucking last minute of play, last thirty seconds of the of the third period. Fucking Brad Marchand has a breakaway to win the game, to win the fucking series. Mm-hmm. And Bobrovsky stones him with a pad, and bro, it just took off from there, man. Yeah, it's been it's- like it's been like since then. There's there's nobody that's been able to beat. Sergey Bobrovsky consistently. Yeah, over the last what like before um, I guess uh even game after game one of the series he's let he's faced like a hundred and two shots. Yep, and he stopped a hundred of them. Yeah, it's something absolutely insane. That doesn't sound hundred um, percent right, but that's still wild to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's something just absolutely nutty like that. But when you really think about it, it's it's almost solely because of Sergey Bobrovsky. You know, obviously the play in front of him has been good enough, but they're not scoring an exorbitant amount of goals. It's not like they're giving him the biggest goal support of all time, right? You know, they just won game three, won nothing. He had to perform a shutout in order to win that game. It, it, it Matt said it, it's that easy. It's Sergey Bobrovsky. Now let's zoom in a little bit. What is going on with the Hurricanes right now, man? They were world beaters going into this series, and they look like they're just getting grinded to a pulp in this series. It's more mentally because, like, right. game game two, they played just about a perfect game. Like, mm-hmm. couldn't play better, didn't win. Because I mean, game out. one, they almost played a perfect game. I mean, it was a damn good game in game one. Uh, they I they think... would have won game one if yeah. they hadn't been disallowed. Yeah, freaking uh. I want to say, because I think Game 3 really pointed it out of how over-fucking-rated. I can't, You can't even say overrated. He's just not a good player that Kasperi Kakaniemi is. He right. is just not. He is way overpaid. It's like not even funny how overrated this guy is. And he showed, man, it. Showed Nidus Day. He's what their second line center. Yeah, I think so. And oh my God, he's he shouldn't even be a he shouldn't be a top six forward. Yeah, it's it's kind of been very apparent. Um, you know, specifically the goal scoring missing from from there, and you know their their defense hasn't given up anything absolutely egregious. I mean, you look at the series; they've only given up. Um six goals in the series through three games. Usually when you give up six goals through three games, you probably have at least one win in there, if not two. Um, but they just can't seem to beat the defense that the Panthers have or the goaltending the Panthers have. And also you kind of have to point at the play of Matthew Kachuk. Dude's a stud. Dude. I am Dude's such a, a huge, I'm such a huge fan of the walk off OT Sally. Like it's so cold. It's overplayed for me. It's It's so cool. Stop. It's It's so good. It's so it's it's happened twice. How is it overplayed? It's literally dropping a mic, walking off, and leaving all their fans being like, 
what the fuck just happened? Now, see, Bro, that's been going so on good. in like travel hockey and high school hockey. Oh, yeah, but this so is I've the seen show. It this is the okay. show. Yeah, but most hockey guys like that have played before are going to be like, okay, I've seen that before. You probably did that in juniors. It's in the league now. I the only time it. I saw this before, fucking this year, uh, Cam York did it with the Phantoms in an OT game. He just ripped a clap on from the point and just skated off. I'm See, like, here's cold as fuck, dude. Awesome. Here's the, here's the thing, kid. Like those guys are around our age. I've been, they've just been doing that their entire lives. Now it's just in the show. Now, um, it. I mean, it's not cooler than the than the stick thrown to the crowd. I'm sorry, for me, the stick thrown to the crowd's cooler. I think but they're both away. The, the 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 difference between this is that's a home home overtime, Sully. And all the walk-offs are away. They're away. I think it'd be way colder if you threw your stick into the away crowd. That would be hilarious. That would be. That's ice cold. That's that's fucked up. Because <laughs> because now it's giving them a weapon. They're gonna weaponize that, right? That gets in the wrong hands. That's now a javelin. Um, but now, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a it's a cold celly, especially from a guy like Matthew Kachuk, who's kind of one of those uh, players that'll get under your skin and annoy the shit out of you. And that's he back-to-back OT winners walk-offs uh just yeah dude he's cold he's a cold dude man he's so much better than brady he's so much better than brady i was gonna bring this up but you know it's always kind of been like oh they're both very good nhl players i remember proving himself to be the better of the two oh yeah i remember we were talking like last year on the or maybe it was two years we've been doing at this a while Mm -hmm. but you were talking about how much you fucking hate Matthew Kachuk. I still hate Matthew Kachuk. I still and hate you're him. like, I hate him more than Brady. I'm like, really? Because I'm on the other end. I hate Brady more than I hate Matthew. Dude, Matthew's like, a rat, though. But he's so... What Brady's more of a rat. Brady's more of a rat. No, he's not. I've seen him cross-check Scott Lawn from behind in the dying seconds of the game. Like, I saw I, I have seen Matthew Kachuk not answer the bell when he's the one causing problems. And Zach Cassian goes, All right, let's fucking fight. And he ran away like a little bitch that he is. So I mean I, I still don't like Matthew Kachuk, but it's cold. It's called hey, dude's good. Dude's good. I don't hate him as much as I hate Brad Marchand. You know, that's that's a level of hatred I reserve for one man and one man alone. It's funny they're calling uh, Matthew Kachuk the King Rat. Yeah, you know, you, you, are you realizing why I don't like him? Okay, King there's a reason I don't like him. Um, he reminds me a little bit too much of Brad Marchand. Um, all right, so here it is, boys. Do you think? Obviously, the Hurricanes are a very good team. We've already made our decision on the Golden Knights and Stars. Do you think the Canes could pull off a reverse sweep or get this to like a game six? I think so. Hell no. I think so. No, no, no. I think this goes to seven. I don't know what happens in game seven, but I think this series goes to seven games. Bruh. Well, we'll find out. How can you say well, that they're going to solve the Bobrovsky riddle? Like Because how? he's a former flyer. What does that mean? I don't know. No. Just would make a lot of sense for him to shit the bed in in the biggest moment. Okay, it, I was gonna say, why would you say that if you're rooting for him? And it's like, oh, all right, I see what you're, you're trying to argue now. No, 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 it would just make way too much sense for somebody from the Flyers organization, even though years and years ago, 
would just take decades. a massive dump in the biggest situation. Just about a decade. Makes, makes so much sense. Probably about yeah. a decade, right? It's got to be a decade. Yeah. For sure. There's no way. Make me... um, yeah, it's been it's been that long. But uh, okay. no, I, I mostly because I really think that the Hurricanes are that good of a team that they could win three in a row and bring it back to a game seven. I really think that they're that kind of team that could do that. Um, I would like also, to. I really just want to watch some more playoff hockey in Carolina. True. That that place is fucking nuts. That, I mean, it's so it rocking. It's rocking. So, it's such a rocking arena. Uh, just really fun to watch hockey be played there. Um, but I would like I would like to ask Bing a question. Real quick. All right, go ahead. I, I posed this to to Fish the last time I was here, uh, and you were not here. I was very sad, but you're here now, so I can. Ask I am. A question I'm here. Is the 2023 Florida Panthers the reincarnation of the 2012 LA Kings? Oh, I remember you asked Matt this question. Um. Now you I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, and here's why I'm gonna say no. It's just the way that the Panthers are doing it feels it feels more intense to me. the The way the Kings did it, the Kings didn't. Uh, the Kings obviously had the goaltending and Jonathan Quick. Yeah, obviously. Um, and you know that that all is kind of the same. But if I recall correctly, that Kings team that year was very defensively sound. I couldn't tell you it was before my time. Um, I, from what I remember, I remember that team being very defensively sound in the way that they went about playing hockey. And, you know, as much as the Panthers do have a sound defense and they have been proving that here, to me, they're just more electric in the forward core. They're faster than everybody else. They move the puck the quickest. The only reason that they're not outscoring the Hurricanes by a thousand is because the Canes have a shutdown defense. Um, you know, the, 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 both these teams are very much geared to, we can run and gun past you because our defense is so stout. So I, I don't think there's a direct comparison, but it's very similar in the, in the way that they made it here. Very similar stories, which is kind of cool. So that'd be my answer. I should say. Um, all right, boys, unless you, either of you have more hockey news, that's going to do it for this old episode. Uh, oh, actually, there was something I just, I don't know when this started taking off. About nine hours ago, I guess, uh, it was revealed that uh, apparently, who is it, Hextall, Ron Hextall? Yeah, let's go with Ron Hextall. Wh- whoever the hell is helming or helmed the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ron Hextall, yeah. That'd be Ron Hextall, yeah. Um, he was hired with the intention of letting go of um, Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. We saw the, the the Jeff Carter deal was his Evgeny Malkin replacement. What? Uh, when interviewing that... when interviewing for their jobs early in February 2021, Hextall and Burke had expressed their willingness to break up the big three of um, Latang, Malkin, Crosby. Um, Hexel wasted little time enthusiastically embracing the idea. He did not try to negotiate extensions with either Malkin or Latang during the 2021 offseason. Also, in January 2022, he re signed Jeff Carter, a forward older than Malkin, to a two year extension with the premise being that Carter could assume Malkin's role as number two center for the 2022 2023 season. Uh, there's more to this quote. I don't exactly know where this quote came from. Um, I've seen it from uh, Jay Fresh, 
Kaki at Jake right. Kaki, uh, who if if you don't know, he does a lot of advanced analytic work on Twitter. And yeah, really good, really good stuff from him. Good stuff that I tried to learn and I was too dumb to figure it out. So Godspeed to him for having the brains to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, couldn't do it. Um, yeah, so, so about nine hours ago, that was something that came out on top oh, of man. um. Matt, this aren't you just thing- so happy he's not <laughs> leading the Flyers anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you look at he, all his draft picks were fucking, besides like, you know, Travis Konechny, I guess Ivan Provorov, and you know, a couple other stragglers. Oh. All his draft picks suck. Especially at the time when he's like, we need to hit on these picks. Miss, all of them. Misses. Just all of them. Every single one. Just all of them. One other thing you boys will probably hate uh, that I didn't get a chance to mention when we talked Leafs. Uh, uh, Toronto has allowed Pittsburgh the opportunity to interview Kyle Dubas. I've heard about that. GM spot. Uh, So we're going to see what happens there. Who is a great fit for the Toronto job? Me. (laughs) Besides you. Besides that. Tom Fletcher. Actually. No, Do you think no. Chuck Fletcher is good for the Toronto Maple? Think about it. He is the quintessential puppet. Like, come on. What's like, What's funny he, is I've heard he his name. He will just be That's fair. there. That's fair. And then Brendan Shanahan will make all the decisions. He Brendan is, Shanahan would be GM and president of hockey ops, basically, at that point. And it's Chuck funny. Fletcher would just be the puppet who takes the mouthpiece. The yeah. Because he, he seems to know how to take fucking heat. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the heat he took here. But I did. I have heard his. Not wrong, buddy. You're not wrong. Chuck Fletcher, um, next to next GM heard, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You heard it here. I've heard first, his name. Folks. Or maybe he's just gonna want to stay lay low and continue to get paid by the Flyers. Yeah, or that, or that. You know, I've heard Fletcher's name. I've heard Tree Living's name. Um, but uh, Car- Car- Calgary, Jesus, Calgary's not allowing him to talk with anybody. So I don't know what the hell's going on there. <laughs> I've heard Doug Armstrong's name once or twice. Uh, he's very much empo- he's very much employed by the St. Louis Blues, so I, don't I know. would say yeah, he's very much still employed. By but the hey, that's a name that I've heard floated. I don't take that one really seriously. That makes sense. There was, there was a handful of other names I've heard. I don't know who the hell's going to do it. Um, if anyone in the Toronto Maple Leafs organization is listening to this, please give me a job. I will do it. I have. A, a EA NHL resume ready to go. I've He's got watched... so many chips in in Chell, my man. He's got just so I, many. I've listen. I've got enough that I could probably build like six trophy rooms, and it's still not enough. He's uh, running out of space in his trophy rooms. He's got rings, like Tiger rings, Woods rings. over there. So well, like, it's like he sounded like Tiger <sighs> Woods over there. Yeah, Tiger I know. Got asked a question. He's like, "Do you know where all your trophies are?" He goes, "No." No, I have I, a I have a golf awesome. story to give you guys at the end of the pod because that's nothing to do here. I think Bing would get a kick out of it for his golf podcast. So, oh, so right on, right on. When we finish, um, well, that's gonna do it for this ye old episode of On the Power Play. Mm. Thank you to Adam for coming back Hello. for us. Uh, always a pleasure. Hello. Go ahead and follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at OTPP Pod on both. And once you hit follow, go ahead and hit the link in either of those and head to our merch store. we got all the stuff that you're going to need for the hot summer coming up. we got T-shirts, all sorts of stuff to keep you looking cool in the hot summer. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we out! Woo!